This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And then, like, newsflash, you dinks, you're playing EDH. You're playing ED-fucking-H. Where all of the most powerful cards are in the format, and everybody plays them. So no, we should just make EDH just popper. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palm-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Sorry, Jay disagreed with Medina. My head exploded. Jay Boosh. Is this what it's like to be a brewer? Because that was exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's like. I fucking, I take it all back. Scotty. I would really like you to, like, come clean. You just mulligan to land, land, elf sword every single game. And Medina. So anyways, I had to leave, obviously, because I'm just not going to sit here and watch chicks get naked when there's training to be done. And now, the A-Team. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 125 of the A-Team podcast. Mr. Scotty Mack here, joined by... Two of my most amazing bros. I got Jonathan Medina and Jay Boosh. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello, Man, I thought, gentlemen. I thought you were going to say Chris Lansdale. <laughs> the uh, silent assassin is not with us this evening. He is instead highballing it up in Vegas with his homies with a finger in his butt. Kaching! Or is he? Or is we'll he? Never know. But, uh, yeah, lad, last check, he's up uh, about $1,100 at the poker table. What? Yeah. So he's uh, he's doing quite Shit. well for himself. So hopefully he listens to this a little bit later and uh, knows that we are totally appreciating how awesome his run at poker is. Yeah, and that we love him. Way to go, buddy. So we're going to run the show without a KYT. Uh, we had a guest slotted, but the guest had a, a, some sort of family emergency and had to duck out, so we'll reserve said guest spot for another day. So instead, you just get to deal with the three of us tonight. The three amigos. <laughs> And you know you don't get to know who the guest was. Yeah. They're slotting it for another day. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's been a whole bunch of stuff that's happened in the Magic community. We had a ton of spoilers that have come out. Uh, I think as it stands today, we had the almost the entirety of the set spoiled, right? From uh, We had somebody open a Chinese fat pack. Yeah. And so we had, like, a whole crap ton of spoilers that have come out of that. Uh, there's some really exciting ones, things that I think are really sweet, but there's one that's just, like, sorely disappointing. And uh, there's been a huge conspiracy sort of around how shit-terrible uh, the green-white maze runner from uh, Dragon's Maze is. Amara yeah, like, something I don't know. or other. Yeah, I don't know what the big deal is, but apparently it's a big deal. So The green-white maze runner... Uh, yeah, the guild champions. Oh, the guild champion. Okay. Yeah. So basically, what happened is uh, people looked at her and they kind of said, "Wow!" Like when she first kind of got leaked and spoiled, because she was leaked around the same time as the uh, 
the Lightning Helix pseudo reprint. The the four which is four... which is really crappy in my opinion, by the way. Yeah, we we talked about it last week where we were hoping for a bunch of these like sick ass reprints. And knowing that in a world with Snapcaster Mage, Lightning Helix would have been absurd. Um they went ahead and just printed uh four damage plus four life at instant speed for four mana. Um so that's that's a thing. Which at, even at three mana would have been you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, come on, guys! Really, four yeah. mana for the spell? Like, I understand the the requ- the desire to put it at uh, like four damage because four damage seems to be sort of like that magical threshold number in this block. Like, you're looking at like Mizium Mortars and you're looking at uh, Locks and Smiter, like things like that. Like, the four toughness is really relevant. Um, so, like, I understand wanting to bump it up, but like, yeah, the four mana is just so dumb. Yeah, why not just reprint Lightning Helix? It would be fine. Anyways, yeah. keep going with this conspiracy. So, so people sp- looked at at Amara and realized that her text box was off. It just it seemed like it was just way too empty. She was a seven drop for like five seven with the ability, no other abilities other than um, creature tokens you control are indestructible. Yeah. And so she really is just like absolutely crappy. It's not even indestructible, right? It's like prevent all damage. Prevent all damage. Yeah, they're not yeah. even indestructible. Right, either. right. Even worse. So what What was strange was um, people started to look at that and they started to analyze the art and, you know, all of the Selesnia folk were just, why is this card so shit-tastic? How can it possibly be this bad? And then they started to do some math and they started to look at, you know, um, the set and the design mechanics and they realized that uh, all of the maze were all the guild champions are all rare, right? And each guild has like a mythic rare that need that should have been there, right? So, like initially they they some were rare and some were not, and this is all what what is coming out of uh, Mark Rosewater's blog. But basically, people have looked at it. If you look at the artwork on Amara and the artwork on the elemental tokens that Voice of Resurgence make, you'll find that the artwork's actually the same. Um, and somebody started to kind of put somebody it all together. Somebody figured it out. Some smarty pants. Some smarty pants in Reddit, of all places, figured well, it I out. Think, I think it was actually on Salvation, probably, but it might have been on Reddit. So what ends up happening is we find out that the cards, Voice of Resurgence and Amara, were actually switched. The sure. abilities, the power toughness, the casting cost, everything. Yeah. Let's, uh, I think, Mar- and then, like, so after all this hubbub, because if you go to Reddit, like, it's literally hubbub, like, everybody is going crazy about this. Um, so if you, if you check that out, uh, and then, like, so eventually Mark Rosewater decided he had to address this, and so, Scott, you said you had that up on Q? Yeah, so somebody asked, um, everyone's been asking him sort of to look into what happened with the card and why it's terrible, and so he said, here's what happened. Originally, some of the Maze Runners, a.k.a. Guild Champions, were rare and some were Mythic Rare. They couldn't all be Mythic Rare because we only had nine Mythic Rare slots. Ralzarek, a Planeswalker, had already taken up the tenth Mythic Rare slot. Planeswalkers, for complexity and specialness reasons, need to be Mythic Rare. We talked about Ral just being the Izzet representative, but decided that for numerous purposes, Commander being one of the biggest, we wanted a blue-red legendary creature and thus an Izzet Maze Runner. It was decided well into development that the Maze Runners should all be the same rarity, which meant they had to be rare as Mythic Rare wasn't possible. 
This resulted in us making some changes to turn the mythic rare maze runners into rare maze runners. One of those swaps was Voice of Resurgence with Amara. As many have guessed, Amara originally made the Star Star token seen in the background of her art. It wasn't a straight swap, and there was lots of massaging of both cards. That is what happened. So there you go. Which which goes back to my original thought on the Voice of Resurgence. Uh, when I first read it, I thought it was legendary. Right, yeah, and I and I actually listened to the episode before this episode, and I heard that, and was like, man, John's got his finger on the pulse. I do, I do. So I was like, wait, this isn't legendary? Then it's stupid, you know? Then it's garbage. Yeah. No, it's it's really it's good. Bonkers. So, like, <laughs> yeah. so, like, I think oh, what wait. happened is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think what happened is maybe they accidentally put another really good card in, just like kind of overlooking this legendary clause, you know what I mean? Whereas that ability might have been balanced on a legendary creature, but on a two-mana non-legendary creature is probably not balanced at all. Yeah, like, well, and I, like, like I said, like, Mark Rosewater basically just admits that this is just the same thing as Jeet, where they, like, they basically designed a bunch of cards, then realized that this wouldn't work, so they had to switch them, and then they just switched them. They didn't do anything else, they just switched them. Now, he says at the end of this that it wasn't a straight swap, and there was lots of massaging. Oh, that's so, just, you know. That's just, yeah, that's just save my ass. CYA. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. But, anyway, so I thought it was, it's really interesting, and, and I, uh, when I saw that this morning, it actually came to me via Facebook, because I don't go anywhere near Reddit. Um, you know, because I enjoy not falling into a bottomless pit forever um and uh and i thought it was awesome so i like instantly cut and paste it sent it to sent it to the guys here and we have to talk about this day because this is insane <laughs> yeah and I, when when i got it it's funny i was like who cares but i guess there's like a lot of people who actually care it's a like apparently of- so many like this is actually a thing like so many people care about this um and i i don't know why i am not sure why I think there's there's a lot of people that, I mean, obviously a lot of people that are in love with playing green-white Selesnia strategies wanted a good, powerful, legendary, like, wanted a good, powerful creature. But, I mean, I guess, like, I I read on, if you read some of the Reddit comments, too, like, a lot of people were really concerned that she didn't fit with, like, the flavor, and they read some of the novels and all this stuff, and, like, it was a really big deal, I guess. I don't know why. Yeah, that's another thing. And like, and then they were like, "Why is her power and toughness so high? She's an elf." And then someone was like, "Well, where does it say elves can't be tough?" And then, yeah, like it was just like all this like, I don't know what a Melvin where does it is. Say elves can't be tough. I don't know what an, I don't know what a Melvin is. Uh, I know it's like one of the new psychographics because there's like Johnny, Timmy, Spike, and then I guess now there's Melvin and Vorthos. I know Vorthos is all about like the story and shit, but I don't really know kind of what the deal with that is. But yeah, it was like it was a big deal. I was like, who cares? It's a fucking it's one of the 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 maze runners. Like we, everybody knows those are fucking garbage. Why is it why does everybody care about these? I I'm I'm confused. They're not all garbage though. Which ones are not garbage? The maze runners. The rares are fairly Which all ones? right. N- which ones? We talked about them all fucking last week. Yeah, and they were shit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 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 I love it. It's so terrible. I was talking to Jay before the show starts, and like I listen to the show today also, and like as I'm listening to you guys 
you know, tear me down and, and, and bring up all of your amazing cards. I like come up like as I'm listening to it, I have all of the like appropriate responses then as I'm listening to the show and I'm yelling at my car stereo and I'm like, God oh, no, it's not that bad. It would have been really good if blah blah blah. Or well, like, on the show you just sound like an idiot. It's so <laughs> terrible. I don't understand. I'm like, I just need time to process it, I guess. Maybe it's just too late and I just have like sl- I'm like sleep deprived or some crap. But like when I'm in the mode and I'm I'm on the road, it's a it's a much different experience. When you're in the you. mode and on the road, so it's just funny. It made me laugh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the last one that we waited to be spoiled, and uh, and it's it's fucking terrible. And uh, I'm still looking forward to the set, though. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, card that I'm really interested in is uh, was it Rend Thoughts? Is that the name of it? Uh, isn't it like Rend? It's not thoughts. It's like rent something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, if we go to salvation, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. But like the artwork on that card's insane. For one, like I really, really like it. Reap intellect is what it's called. Yeah, reap intellect. And uh, the artwork is crazy. Um, but it's a sorcery for like it's really, really heavily costed. But for like two colorless, a blue and a black, and X for a sorcery, and this is like one of the major ones that, in, that's a downside for me, target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose X non-land cards from among them, then search that player's library, hand, and graveyard for cards with the same name and exile them all. Then that player shuffles his or her library. So, like, this is, this is like a, a mind-twisting uh, lobotomy. Yes. It's uh I think it's a really sweet card. I'm really glad that it's costed so highly because if this were to be like Rakdos return cost, it would be fucking insane. I don't know. I'm practicing my uh, card evaluation. Yeah, apparently you're really yeah. good at it. Remember uh... <laughs> I'm I I'm sorry. I think it's a very unique ability. Like I I really like how they've they've put the two like the mind twist and the lobotomy together. Um, and the artwork's really crazy. So I was really pleased to see that card. I'm glad that a card like that exists. I think it's pretty neat. Um, these cards usually suck. Um, these type of exile cards, you know? Generally, yeah, like, they're very niche, and I think that they're good in, they're good, like, they were good in, say, like, Valakut, when you had, when you could, like, strip their titans, right? And, yeah. like, they're good against card, like, where there's, like, a really powerful combo, and then you just want to strip out the combo. But, I don't know, like, I just feel like, this is an amazing card in EDH, I would imagine. Oh, wait. See, I, no, see, I disagree. Maybe it's to- not? No, not at all. See, what I like about this, so there's, what I do like and what I don't like about this is that you have the capacity to strip, like, if you can pay, if you get the chance to pants your opponent properly, you can strip, like, an entire dex win conditions with this one card. I guess, but like, like it's it's possible. It's, I understand that it's Why are you playing this card though? Like there's just so many better options and there's just like it's so expensive that you should just be winning. Like what are you doing like what are you doing this late into the game that you need to strip their win conditions to win? What have you been doing the whole game? Well, I mean like in a hard control deck where you're just like dirtling extremely hard and you're trying to play for the long game and everyone's got, you know, huge fucking card hands right. and whatever, like the but then, like, I, so, they're, so they're not countering this, and then you also need to get their win conditions? Like, I just don't know. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and this is where I made, like, it being a sorcery is really hard on it, because you can't just, like, opponent taps out for a huge Sphinx's revelation, you're like, ha ha ha, got you. Right. You know, so, like, that, because of that, it's it's more balanced, like, it's not, it's not completely fucking format warping because of it. Right. Um, the other thing that I find interesting is you do actually have to catch them with the cards at hand. As yeah. opposed to, like, slaughter games where you just, like, fuck all your Sphinx name, Revelations. Name the card, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, it's balanced. It's not crazy. But I really like that this card exists. I think it's really sweet. Why do you like that it exists? I I really like the card. I think that, like, it's a card that I will look forward to playing at some point in you some deck. play this card? Sure, why not? Like, you can play this in a... It's a sideboard card. This is not a main deck oh, card. Oh, man. I, I can play this card. I don't know why you would though. Like I just, I just don't know what deck it fits in and why you would play it. Yeah, and you know what? It may be a post rotation situation. I really don't know. You may be one hundred percent right, but uh, it's gonna be exciting to find out. I so. think the like, like I said, these cards usually suck. I don't know. They usually suck, but the one thing about this card that has something going for it is that you get to duress them. Yeah. You know, which is different than just name a card, because, like, if you name a card and it's not in their hand, then you basically don't make any impact other than, like, not having to face that card later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this gives you, like, it gives you information about your opponent's hand, and you get to strip whatever you want out of it. So it's pretty good. It's not amazing, but it's pretty good. I don't yeah, even I know if say it's pretty good. good. I wouldn't say good. I would just say... It's definitely interesting. Like, I think I just want a slaughter. If I want something like yeah. slaughter games, then I just want a slaughter games. Like, yeah, but you, you, I mean, slaughter games in Esper though, or Bug. Like, anyways, I, I think these are these are like it's a color strategy. Like blue black, post rotation. I think is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what color people pair that with. Because, I mean, like, once the Thragtusk phenomenon kind of moves along and we all play regular Magic again... Ugh, yeah, that'll be so great. I'm so right? sick of that fucking card. But, I mean, and, and that's the thing, truthfully, that's the thing that really got in my head as we were talking about cards last week, is that, like, post-rotation, a lot of the cards that we talked about are going to just be so much better, right? Like, once you're not worrying about just, like, the infinite Thragtusk mirrors and people can actually, you know, get killed... Um, yeah. there's a lot of these cards that are going to be way better than we thought they were. I don't know, like, Thragtus is kind of, like, old hat by now. Like, people get killed pretty quickly these days, you know? It's just annoying. Watching... Like, that card is just so annoying. Like, you're, like, playing any deck, and they're just, like, Thragtus. What are you playing? Oh, I'm playing Esper Splash for Thragtus. Yeah. Okay, Well, sweet. think about it. Bant plays, like, Bant plays four, Junk plays four, um, Junk plays four, like... Junk as a strategy is going to be gone. Like, I mean, Unbarrel Rights is going to be gone. So, you know, like, they won't have Chaining Thread Tusks either. Like, the only real major lifelink decks that you're going to get is, like, I mean, even with Restoration Angel gone, like, that's going to be so big. But, like, you're going to see Tristani decks, like, Selesnia decks. Those are going to be the big life gainers. And other than that, yeah, like, a- like, it'll be, like, kind of like the Tristani with, like, the, with the Amada Worm and, like, Angels and stuff like yeah. that. And that'll be the life gain deck, right? That'll be the big fat life gain deck. Right now, everyone is a big fat fucking life gain deck. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah, you would. So I do because there's <laughs> this is like you guys are making this out to be more than this. Like some of the top tier decks, like Aristocrats, doesn't play Drag Tusk. It doesn't care about a Drag Tusk. You know, um, 
Esper doesn't play Thrag Test, doesn't care about a Thrag Test. It's because it has Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, but we're talking about Thrag Test, not Sphinx's Revelation. Are we just going to name all the cards now and just be like, oh yeah, all these decks have all these different cards. Even the red-green aggro deck that Jay was talking about before does not run Thrag Test. No, but it, but it really is shitty that it's all there. Yeah, I mean, like, that deck is supposed to try to kill you by turn four. That's how it's designed, yeah. though. Like, and, then they, and then they get off, like, a Rock's Faith Mender, and then you literally are dead. You can't win that matchup. You're like, yeah. okay, sweet, sweet. So you just sideboard in 12 life gain cards, and then... I'm not saying that Thrag Test isn't, isn't prevalent, but it's not, like, just the end-all, be-all, like, even there was a rug deck. There was a rug flash deck that did not run Thrag Test. And it sucked no, it's not that, it's in not everyone's that, hands yeah. except for Jeff Hooglin, who made the deck. And, but like, and it's, not that, it's not that it's in every deck. It's that it's been around forever, and it's always in every deck. Like, yeah. it's, 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 like um, it's, it's like a sword or, or like a jace. Or it like is a, a format-defining like like, staple. Yeah, it's a format-defining staple. That's the issue. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, we're going to... We keep coming back and forth from these different cards that do different things as people make different decks. No, it's that it's it's always around. It's never in a sideboard. It's never not in at least one deck in the top eight or two or ten. Like it's it's just it's a card that you have to live with in standard today. And I'm looking forward to when we don't have to live with it. Exactly. Have you yeah. seen uh, the the Naya deck or the no? This is green red aggro. Never mind. Yeah. This is kind of like a mid rangey one though. This one has silver hearts and thunder moths. That's uh, Kibler's recent build that he's been championing. He put up a video about it uh, this week. He's okay. been running Silverheart, uh, three Silverhearts and three uh, uh, Thundermaws in the main. This is most recent change. I literally just watched this video, like it, the deck video, like fifteen, maybe half an hour ago. Um, but like his idea is, he's running uh, like Arbor Elves in the top. He's running twenty-one lands. He cut the uh, Wolf Run. Like he's not even playing Wolf Run in his red green deck. Like the idea is just. You know, spit out a bunch of guys, Dommy Rad, and and try to get to five to just win with your huge five bombs. But like at that point in time, with the rest of the speed from the deck and the way that he's trying to jump the shark on the curve with uh, Gyre Sage and stuff, like he should be dropping his five drops on turn three <laughs> or four, like fairly regularly. See, like I don't know, I just find you guys arguing kind of like it's kind of like it's as far as like the meta game that's going on, not at the FNMs or whatever, like. The argument doesn't really hold water. I mean, the last the last top eight from Star City had three Jun decks. Those Jun decks had drag test. The rest of the decks in the top eight did not have drag test. Right, but you're not listening to what we're saying, so it's fine. What are you saying? We're saying that the card is prevalent in Standard and has been since its inception and that we're happy that it'll go away. Similar to how people are like, like we're happy that Valakut went away. Even when Valakut wasn't good, it was still being played and and then people were happy that Valakut went away. It okay. warps what we're, what I'm saying is that it warps the metagames like its existence warps the metagame around it so much that decks have to make very specific card choices or strategy choices in order to be able to be successful. Like you talk about the aristocrats and you talk about uh you know green red aggro and Naya Blitz like their fundamental concept is they're going to kill you by turn 4 and ignore your thrag tusk entirely. Aristocrats isn't going to kill you by turn four. I mean, it can, but it doesn't. It doesn't have to. Doesn't usually. You know, Rug Flash doesn't kill you by turn four. Maybe this Naya deck. This Naya deck doesn't kill you by turn four. 
Okay, should I go through like the card? Do we have to analyze each one of these decks and go through the card choices, no, and I, we can talk about how each individual card choice is influenced by the fact that Thrag Tusk is around? Like, should we do that? I agree. With, that's... I agree with Jay that yeah, people are going to be happy that it's gone, but we don't have to say that the whole format is warped around every single card choice is warped around Thrag Tusk. I mean, Thrag Tusk is in the format. You have to you have to beat a Thrag Tusk. That's not a big deal, you know. It's one of the key metrics of a deck of playing a deck and choosing and like making a decision about a deck. Can you beat yeah. Thragtusk? Similar yes. to Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah. But Jace is not one of those. FYI. Yeah, but Sphinx's Revelation is. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's one Thragtus. of those pillars and, of the format. And so is Angel's Serenity. Correct. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't disagree with those points at all. Anyways. And so we, we got on to the Thragtusk comment from where? I don't know. You guys were, oh, like, yeah. just we're gushing we're... about how Thrag Test is everywhere. Stop the Thrag Test! I think that doesn't happen at all. No. <laughs> I, I just think it's, it's, it's going to be glad to see... I'm going to be glad to see Thrag Test go, because I think it's going to really open up where we're going to be able to head in terms of, like, deck play, deck selection, and what cards we're going to see instantly become, you know, a whole hell of a lot better uh, with that card out of the format. So, it's going to be pretty sweet. I'm pretty excited about the set. Like, Dragon's Maze that's coming out, we spoiled, as it stands from time of recording, 105 of 166 cards. So, like, that's quite a bit. There's basically a lot of the sort of commons that are missing. Most of the rares, I think, have been spoiled. The mythics, I think, now have pretty much been spoiled. Um, what do you think about Notion Thief, John? Like, this this got printed, and, and instantly Patrick Chapin was just like, you guys are going to, you know, really wish you had sold your Jaces now. Uh, I think this card is really good. Uh, not sure if it'll get to Legacy, but it's definitely something that we can expect to see in Standard. And probably something, uh, you know, could could see play in Modern. I don't know. Four drops in Modern are pretty pretty awesome. But, uh, but this is something that can definitely see play in Modern. I think the multiple card draws are something that we're not entirely... We're not seeing too, too much of in Modern, with the exception of, I guess, some of the combo decks. And the occasional blue white decks, but yeah, I, mean, and I don't know. People are doing some kind of a speculation on this and that windfall card, um, whispering madness. Whispering oh, madness. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, the other one is the red one that you draw seven. Oh, the miracle. Each, yeah, the miracle that each of you like draw seven. Sorry, so what are we talking about? What's this card that everyone? Sure. So Notion Thief is a three-one flying, or sorry, not even flying, three-one no. flash. Oh, okay. Right. Since it doesn't fly, I'm, yeah, I'm on you. <laughs> yeah. 3-1 uh, flash for a human rogue. It's a rare. It's black, blue, and two. So if, four for a 3-1 flash. Four for a 3-1 flash. If an opponent would draw a card, except the first one he or she draws in each of his oh, or her you draw draw steps, instead. you draw instead. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess if they, yeah, like, if they tap out for a Sphinx's Revelation and then you can play this, but, like, I don't know, like, people that say that are just, like, so retarded. Like, no, why am I flashing, or why am I tapping out for a Sphinx's Revelation if you have four mana open and one of those colors is blue? (laughs) And black. Like, I have no idea why I'm doing that. Yeah. Right? So, like, it just doesn't make sense to me that I I mean this card seems like that like that effect seems like it's ultra powerful. It seems super powerful. Like I guess plagiarized sort of. But yeah. like 
I just don't understand like who you're playing that against to like get him. You know, yeah. I would have loved to see this either with flying at this casting cost. Yeah. Or drop it to three and leave it on the ground. It could have even it, been a two one at three mana. Yeah. Or like a four, four or something like make it like at least do something like relevant if you don't get to use its ability, like it has flash for fuck's sakes. Like, yeah, if it were, if it were unblockable, that'd be insane. Like he's yeah, a rogue. Yeah. A two, one unblockable guy or something. I like, I like the three, one at three mana, like a Vanillian click. Yeah. Yeah. But without flying, like, no, without flying, just like three, one, you know, mm-hmm. for four, for three, no, oh, for three, for three. I yeah, see. If they've done it at three. Yeah. 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 They just did it at, like blue, blue, black or something like that. You know, yeah. That would have been okay, too. Like, if they had increased the color requirement on it, that would have yeah. been fine. No, then it would just be unplayable. No one would play that. Like, it would have been... It'd be, it'd be fine, but no one would play that card. I think at that point in time, it'd be relegated literally to Esper sideboards for Sphinx's Revelation Wars, and that would be it. And even then. Like, I would just play a counter spell. This would, guy like, or I, Dissipate? Hmm. Yeah, like, I, exactly. I would be playing Dissipate. I would not be playing this guy. Uh. And the sideboard, I I don't know about that. Depends on the meta. I think he he's he would. Anyways, no. it's fine. It's fine. That's a whole other chain of would bees and maybes and what ifs. So it's fine. Um, yeah, but this guy is definitely going to see playing block. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Sphinx's Revelation is huge in block, and Esper is a good deck in block. So I mean, how fast is the block format? Does anyone actually know? No, I don't. I don't, really... I don't have any idea. Because I got, I got into it with a couple of guys today, um, and I guess the question was, like, how does Esper beat a red deck in block, was the question that came, from, came to me. And I'm just like, well, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of Esper decks that go 4-0, so, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, having never played a game myself, and I got scolded for being too results-oriented in the wake of, of course, PV's article. Uh, which is actually really good if you guys haven't read the article on PV with his uh, results-oriented thinking. Like, it was actually very good. Oh, I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, normally, PV uh, kind of, like, begs around for article ideas and then phones it in and, you know, does something. But, like, this one, he really he really put a lot into it. It shows, and it's a very good, very good, good read. Worth it. Excellent. So, anyways. Um, but, yeah, like, I have no idea how fast block format is. So, I truthfully, I couldn't intelligently speak to how any of these cards are going to be. It looks like there's a lot of red, black, white decks. Yeah. Yeah, that looks insane. Elm's Beast is huge in block. Which I find strange. Yeah, and then you got this Bant deck. There's like no red decks at 4-0. I'll tell you that. Okay, here's this. I think it's an Esper. Here's an Esper deck. It's a 3-1. It runs four Azorius Charms, which is probably pretty good against red decks. Three Detention Spheres, four Devour Fletch, four Jace Architect of Flat, two Orzhov Charm, four Psychic Spike, which is not probably good against those decks, but four Sphinx's Revelation, four Supreme Verdict, and two Syncopate, and then Obsidat. So, like, yeah, so Jace has got to be pretty good in block, right? Like against yeah. that against that sort of deck. Yeah, this kind of deck doesn't really. I mean, they have like Wrath and all this spot removal to like basically take this deck apart. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Um, you guys remember that Esper Tokens deck that I was talking about a while ago that mm-hmm. uh, did fairly well at the SCG event that Simon Gortzen was running? 
came in like you know top four of the PG or whatever online on Moto. So LSV ran a video with it this week, and uh, he put some Gideons into it, and uh, the deck was cool. He did really well. I mean, I get that it's LSV and there's blue spells and stuff, but uh, it was fucking awesome. It was really good to watch. I'd be curious about uh, Gideon and his price after rotation. Yeah. Uh, Gideon was something that even some of the Pro Tour guys were looking into for mid-range decks for the Pro Tour. It was amazing. So what I found really valuable valuable about that experience and watching the LSV video was how well uh, Gideon actually was in execution. Like how, how, how well he actually presented a threat to the opponent and how quickly he did rise up. Like in a deck like this one, where there's a lot of guys that we're putting on the board to chump block with as well, so mm-hmm. your opponent really is kind of incented to try to overcommit to get through the token swarms. You know, you just, like, drop a Gideon, and you get to the point where you're like, yep, I'll just plus my Gideon, he gets four counters, you know, because you got three one ones, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, yep, attack my Gideon, he goes down three, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's so crazy, but, like, the amount of work that he does to keep him off your back, because your opponent knows that you're in a situation where, you know, you're going to get Gideon up to, like, 17, and then you're going to either rat the board and bash them for 17, right? Or you're going to be in a situation where you're just going to, like, okay, well, t- fl- you know, float all my mana, ultimate Gideon, leave two on him, and then cast this Planeswalker. Like, how do you come back from that? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, so definitely not garbage. Yeah. Anyways, I was, I was pretty impressed. It was a very, very good video watch, and uh, definitely one I would, I would consider, uh, I, I would consider making some tweaks. I talked to um, John Rojas, actually, the guy who did well at the Star City event with it, and he's, uh, what got me onto this subject is he's actually, he hasn't tried Gideon himself, but he's been playing Jace back in his deck. Just with the rise of decks like Reanim- like the Aristocrats version 2, and, or Act 2 rather, I guess is what they're calling it, and um, with all of the other sort of like Esper, like all the Lingering Souls and stuff coming out of Reanimator, like Jace is pretty good again. If you can minus one, you know, plus one to minus all the guys, like, it's pretty decent. Drawing cards mm-hmm. is always good in the mirror. And your Jace comes down before theirs does. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe it's coming back around time to play Jace again. Who knows? This is in standard, right? We're yeah, off block, yeah, yeah. right? We're yeah. off block. We're off block. So, I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting. But, John, you've been playing a, like, metric fuck ton of magic, Yes. Yes, I played two standard tournaments, uh, two modern tournaments, and one legacy tournament. And in all of those tournaments, let's set the over-under on how many matches I lost. In two standard tournaments? Yep. The over-under on matches you lost? Two standard, two modern, and one legacy. All of it? How many yeah. rounds with the tournaments, though? Are these, like, FNM three-rounders, okay. or what? Uh, there was uh, five rounds of the FNM. I only played two rounds of the three-round standard tournament. So there, those were the standard ones. So that's seven. Seven. And then we had uh, the modern tournament I played. was th- There was one that was three rounds. The other one was... Um, so that's ten? Yeah, it's yeah, 10 so far. Yeah, 10 so far. The other one was, let's see, 
six rounds. And the legacy one was four rounds. 16, so 20. So out of 20 matches, how many yeah. did you lose? Seven. Uh, the over-under is 10. And I'll take the I'll take the over. No, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. See the no, see ten. I think I get more credit than that. I'm gonna say it's uh, it's the over under line is seven. Okay. And then you take the over or the under? I'll take the under on the. I'll take under on seven. Under on seven, and Jay's obviously taking over, right? Yeah. Okay, so I lost uh two matches of magic in all of that. Wow. I lost in Legacy against Maverick. I lost one match there. And I lost one match in Modern. Uh, but still top four. There was a, It was a top four. It was like cut to top four, and then you had to play top four out. I lost one match in Modern. And then still top four, and then friggin' one out from there. Wow. Yeah! So what were you playing for all of these decks? You all were right. just so we'll start with Standard. I was playing... Uh, junk. Yep. I had the two Viscopa guild mages in the board. Oh god. Or not guild mage, but Viscopa confessors in the board. Okay. Uh, for the mirror match and for like Esper or like decks that take forever to kill you. And I actually beat Bernie Wen with the Viscopa guy. Really? Yep. Uh, I freaking snagged his Sphinx's revelation and then just, uh, and then just beat the crap out of him. Wow. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was needing some answers. I got the Sphinxes snagged out of his hand, and then uh, got to get got to get the win from there. So the F and M, I split first. Uh, I just basically played through my matches. Uh, junk reanimator is just like unfair most of the time. Uh, I think the the tough matches. I had a matchup with Bernie, and then I had a matchup with uh, this guy named I think Andy Andy Ferguson. He's that guy who's got second at one of the Star Cities with black-white zombies. I told you about this guy before. He beat me last time we played. This time we was playing this, like, uh, red-white-black reanimator deck. Have you heard? Of, have you guys heard of this? No. The red-white-black reanimator list? Yeah, I guess yeah. it did really well in, like, some foreign country or something. It's basically, like, um, Unbarrow Rights and uh, Faithless Looting, yeah. Aurelia, Obsidat, Thundermaw Hellkite, Aristocrat, so it's like this very like hasty kind of version of Reanimator, and uh, he was running uh, the white card that exiles something from the graveyard, and then you can flash it back. Purify the grave. He was running Purify the Graves, and game two and three he had freaking uh, Faithless Looting into Purify the Grave in the graveyard, like turn one. Mm-hmm. So I just went ahead and played my. Um, What's that guy? KYT plays him. Somber Wall Sage. Yeah. I just played my Somber Wall Sage and then hard cast my stuff. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been on the Sage version of uh, Reanimator, mm-hmm. which is really good. It's kind of like running Show and Tell in Reanimator for Legacy. Really? Yeah, because you just like put the Sage down and then you're just hard casting things. It's not even, you're not even focusing on the graveyard. Dirty. So, I did that. And then in Modern, I played uh, Splinter Twin. Really? Yep, I've been playing Splinter Twin in Modern. Um, I tried out this version from online, which has four Snapcasters in it, and it's garbage. Like, I that's the one I top four. I won the the Modern tournament. Uh, I top four, then beat the the other two guys out. Um, but um, even so, the deck was shitty. Like, 
as far as having four Snapcasters did. So what I've done since then is I took the Snapcasters out, I put four Slide of Hands in, because all it was running was four Serum Vision, and then four Snaps, which was just like, oh, this is gross. So I put in the four Serum Vision, four Slide of Hands, two Vendillion Click, and then I just kind of like changed up some of the numbers in the main deck. And I played that today at a modern tournament, it went 3-0, and then split first. Um, but yeah, that was pretty sweet. And then in Legacy, I'm playing my weird Bant deck that splashes for Deathrite Shaman. Uh, Deathblade. It's not. It's kind of like Deathblade, but it's like more like Bantblade splashing black just to activate Deathrite Shaman. Exactly. Yeah, all right. Because I used to play Bantblade all the time. That's right. But then uh, Night of the Reliquary became kind of bad, so I put Geist State Trap in instead and added Deathrite Shamans. Nice. And uh, I. Beat this guy who was playing Storm. Uh, I mulliganed to four and beat him because after sideboard, I have four Buster Storms in my deck. Yep. So um, beat him. Then uh, game three, mulligan to four again. Crush him again. <laughs> oh, God. He was so tilted. He was so tilted because I did that. And then after that, we had to play in the modern tournament together. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got him with the spells. He was playing eggs. <laughs> I, I got him with the spell. He uh, he played silence. I dispelled it, and then he's like, "All right, well now I'm gonna go off." So he starts going off, and I'm like, acting like he's gonna get me, you know. And then uh, once he cast his, uh, he sacks his pithy needle, which was on Pestermite, which was shutting off my combo. Sacks his pithy needle to rebuy, you know. Yep. And then uh, once he casts the second sunrise, I'm like, dispel. He's like, "You had a second dispel? Slow <laughs> roll into the spell, Medina." I'm like, ah. Gotcha. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I feel like the modern metagame is kind of sleeping on on Splinter Twin right now. So that's uh that's really good. Yeah, people still like they hate playing against it. Um it's just kind of you know, there's a lot of removal and stuff, but if you just play it right, then you can definitely just combo people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, my experience against twin players generally has been the the bad ones are just embarrassing and the good ones are terrifying. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. There's really no in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen some pretty bad twin players. Yeah. So I, I mean, if if you're if the twin player knows is very good at, uh, there's a little bit of misdirection involved with your spell prior prioritization, um, and if your spell prioritization is just really good, um, then you uh, you can very easily uh, manhandle some un some un uh, prepared unprepared players. Yeah, some people, they don't know, like, even, like, I know what I need in certain matchups. Like, in the blue-white matchup, I know I need to bring in my Combust. Yeah. Uh, because it takes care of Angel, um, and it takes care of their Colonnade. Yep. So you can basically, like, like uh, strip-mine them, you know? And when I was playing against the blue-white-red player, which is a nightmare matchup for me, because they have Path to Exile, like, counter spells and Cryptic Commands and all that shit. Yep. Um, when I was playing against him, I nailed his Angel with a combust. He's like, man, I wouldn't even think that you would board that in. Like, it's not very relevant. And I'm like, no, it is relevant because, like, when you're pressuring me with the angel, it doesn't give me the time I need to set up my my combo because, like, you have pass, you have disruption. Like, I have to be able to get through that stuff. Yep. And he's also got uh, Vendillion clicks, which are just horrendous for me. Like, Vendillion clicking me is like the worst. Um, but I stumbled through a, a handful of misplays and still got there. Um, one of the misplays is I didn't uh, 
put the Splinter Twin on the right uh, place when I steer envisioned. Oh, so no. then I drew it the turn that I wasn't supposed to drew it because I knew he was going to click me. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put this here. But then I didn't calculate that I would have to draw for the turn. Yeah. So then I drew it. I'm like, oh, man, I feel like an idiot. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, click you. I'm like, damn it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got me. You got it. Okay. Dirty. Yeah. So I played a lot of Magic. Um, I like my decks. I like uh, all the decks I played. Um, I w- I'm making some changes to some of them, but uh, but yeah, I only lost two matches. I got a first at a split first at F and M. The second standard tournament, I went and played two rounds, beat the both both those guys, uh, and then I just left because it was after I had that dental surgery. So I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna go home. Like who gives a shit? So I beat those guys left, and then in modern, um, yeah. Wow. Modern. Modern. Good. Well, uh, the other player that's been on a sick tear right now is BBD. Oh, yeah, his article was insane today. Yeah, Brian Bronduin, his article was very, very good. It's entitled Renegades of Junk. It's on the select side. Uh, he talks about all of his uh, you know, near misses and near hits. and I mean, he went from, I guess, what, third place at a Star City Games Elite IQ to eighth place at a PTQ uh, to second place at the Moto PTQ, um, and then finally at uh, third place at the Invitational, which was a really big game. Mm-hmm. So he did really well there. Uh, and then he fucking tore one down with Junk yeah. Reanimator. Uh, his list is really spicy. Um, he's really high on the Acidic Slime right now on the Restoration Action. Ugh. And although, you know, we feel like terrible human beings for land-deathing somebody out of the game, um, it does still do a pretty good job of blocking huge ground guys. I think, yeah. like, if you... I think also, if you don't waste a bunch of time dirtling around with your homebrew, like, I think land-destruction somebody out of the game is fine. It's just, like, when you, like, keep them off land, and then you can't kill them, and yeah. you're like, you're like, yeah, to you. Play a land? Oh, destroy that. To you. <laughs> oh, to you, to you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that just seems, you know, that's the worst part for me. Yeah. I put the list into the chat here so you can take a look. But, like, three Acidic Slime, three Angel Serenity, uh, three Restoration Angel, three Thrag Tusk, four Arbor Elf, and four Avacyn's Pilgrim. So, like, kind of all mm. in yeah. on uh, on the Mana Dorks to try to get up to the five. Uh, three Garrick Relentless, which I think is pretty sweet because, like, in a deck like this, um, you get uh, Garrick to flip just by killing, you know, incidentally little little guys or whatever, and that's pretty sweet. But then if you flip him, like, you're going to have a bunch of guys in your graveyard at some point. If you can ultimate him, like, the overrun's not totally out of reach. Um, it's Grizzly Salvages, Mulches, Unbarrel Rights, Lingering Souls, like, deck's pretty sweet. I typically don't have a lot of creatures in my yard. Yeah? Yeah, like, I might have, like, a, like a Mana Dork or two. And then that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, most of the time it's like because I have them under my angel, or I still have them in my hand, or I've unbarrel rights it. Like, or I, I took it, like, when I did Grizzly Salvage, I took the creature. Yeah. You know, like, it's just typically, like, I might have, like, two or three. Like, the reason I, I actually comment on this is because I was thinking about running that Knot of the Bone. Yeah. But it's just you're not getting enough value out of it. Yeah, I'm not getting enough enough. Like I figured, like, oh man, with all these creatures, like I'll just gain twenty and like 
boom. But like as I was watching my graveyard, I've been watching it over the last week or so, just to see like maybe if not a bone is playable. But no, there's not enough dudes. Well, I mean the thing is like he's not playing Tusk, but like even if you can just overrun, like overrun is still a card and it's still good. Yeah. So I mean like he's he's playing so, Tusk though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's oh. got tusks, and he's, he's got, got like three. the fourth, fourth one in the board. Yeah, three slimes, fourth one in the board. Like the extra land is in the board for the control matchups. Two Tristanis, which apparently were very, very good for him. Two Obsidats. Like I really like the interaction with, with Tristani and Obsidat together. Like that's just insane, right? You get like the the draining mm-hmm. gain. You just you're gaining seven. That's so good. Yeah, it looks like he's got the death sprites in the board. Yep, which could totally be. Uh... I can get behind that. Like, I just don't know about like the Stitic slimes. Man, they're so scary for me. But I think since I have uh, since I have Somberwald Sage, they probably aren't as devastating as they could be. Yeah, that thing that I'm like the most scared of, and like I'm not playing Acidic slimes in my gen list, and it's just because like I'm so afraid right now of the control decks playing like Evil Twin. Uh huh. And, like, I mean, there's nothing that I would hate more than to have my own land slimed because they were able to clone my slime. Yeah, you just get their black source, bro. I should do that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think like, you're going to be able to make use of slime better than they are. Yeah. You know, because you're going to have Arborels and stuff like that. So even if they get the slime you once, it's not going to be a big deal. As much as you're going to be, like, sliming them and stuff. Yeah, and especially in this list, you're going to slime them a lot. Yeah, this was slimes a lot. Like, I wouldn't mind slime more in my list. Like, I have one slime main deck, but I wouldn't mind going to two. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, it was. It, it's definitely worth a read. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, yeah, you should. Um, the list is pretty sweet. I think if I were going to play Reanimator, it would be this list, because it's just mid-rangey enough for a guy like me. Yeah, I got it. He looks like he has a Golgari charm. One in the sideboard, yeah. Yeah, I've added two Curse of Death Hold to my board. Yeah, so on that note, so he was like, even Curse of Death Hold, he's like, doesn't matter, have slime. Like, acidic slime kills that. It kill, like, it kills so much shit. Such a good card. Yeah, if I wouldn't bring just... Death Hold against him. I'd bring it in against, like, Aristocrats. Or... Oh, yeah, no, because it's really good against Aristocrats. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, in general, um, the card is decent against this if you can kill all the mana accelerators. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good because also, uh, you know, sometimes they put like uh, Ground Seal, or yeah. sometimes they put, you know, the white, the white enchantment. What's Rest in called? peace. Rest in peace. Sometimes they run that kind of stuff against you. Yep. Which is, uh, you know, which is annoying. So it's nice it's to good, have an answer. Good to kill that stuff. It used to be uh, abrupt decay in the main deck. Yeah, but yeah. now. No, they don't. I think a lot of reanimator decks have moved away from about the K, which I don't like. I like having at least two in my deck uh, because yeah. the only way I lose to like blue, white, red is if they put a Boros Spectre on the board and then they get me with like Blasphemous Act or yeah. Harvest Pyre. I feel like I feel like Boros Reckoner is is again one of those cards that we're gonna see a whole have a lot more use out of post rotation. Like I think he's gonna he's gonna surge again. We'll likely see him in block, do some work, and take it from there. But I mean, uh, yeah, it, like I, I think Boris Reckoner is probably just one of those cards that's never going to go away. Yeah, it'll be it'll be relevant until people start playing removal again, and then it's not re- like it'll it'll ebb and flow like that. Sure, because I mean, it's still a good creature. Like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, 
But uh, it's it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm really excited what's going to come out of block and how standards going to be messed up and you know how, what we can look forward to you know on the horizon for rotation. It's it's going to be pretty sweet. So, I mean, rotation's not until October, but no, no, I understand that. Like, we've got a whole summer of playing with everything insane, and then we'll see what happens after that. But I'm I'm really excited to watch the block pro tour because it should give us a small window into what to expect. Hmm. Um, so Jay, you played standard this week too, right? Like you went to F and M or whatever. Yeah, I had to borrow a deck, and uh, Brian only had that Bant enchantments list, which is basically like unchanged, really, from before. Like when I played it, when it was when like before we had access to drowning pools and stuff. Um, Breed, breeding pool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> drowning, drowning pool pools. is a band. <laughs> breeding pool. Um, it did, I think it had, like, charms in it, and then it didn't have fencing ace when I played it, and then, but other than that, it's basically the exact same deck, and, like, so he lent me that, and I went, I think I went 2-2, which is about as good as that deck can do, it's such a piece of shit. So funny that Vincent Lay won a PTQ April 6th in New York City. Yeah, like, I imagine that the deck is probably, like, like, it's, it. It was really good against people. Like it was really well positioned. Yeah. Um. Because like there was nothing. Like nobody was prepared to deal with that. Let me rephrase though. Um. This was a red, blue, white version. Ah, see, mine was banned. Yeah. This version is much different and much more insane. I think. Like madcap skills. On an invisible stalker. Yeah, like that stuff like that is pretty gross. It's, I mean, yeah. Uh, what I really liked about it skills is one of those cards where like people should be playing it more, like, but they just aren't. Like I played it when I was playing, um, Gruel. Red green, like, yeah, yeah. And it it was great in that deck. Like it, it was just a house. It just they just couldn't do anything against it. Hands of binding is in this list too. Yeah, like see, like that's kind of. I think it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Because you're going to put it on, like, an invisible stalker. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's, blue-white-red enchantments or something? Yeah, so it's four fencing ace, four geist of saint trap, four invisible stalker, three silver blade paladin, four four boros charm, four ethereal armor, two curiosity, two furor of the bitten, which is just giant strength, but you attack every turn for only one red. Right. One hands of binding main deck, one on the sideboard, four madcap skills, four spectral flight, two syncopate. Yeah, like mine didn't have any syncopates, mine didn't have any hands of binding. Like, like thinking, think about this. Giving Madcap skills and Boros Charm make that deck insane, don't they? Like, if you are able to I don't give. Know if Boros Charm does. But... Well, you're able to give your guy double strike. Like, you make this guy's a St. Traft or this Invisible Stalker that's like a fucking 8 8 because you're all your dumb enchantments, and then you just give him double strike. Yeah. That seems pretty good. Anyways, I think it's pretty sweet. The deck is interesting. And then Anthony Lowry actually came in second with a blue white red control list as well, so. I don't know. He, I mentioned him because he used to write for legit. So yeah, yeah, he's my boy. Anyways, band champions. Sorry, yeah, band champions. Anyway, so like it's and I find like I find the deck like if you don't get the turn two geist, like you basically you you're you're basically KYTing. Like you want a mulligan <laughs> to get your your turn two geist, and if you don't get the turn two geist, then like your deck just doesn't do anything. Like. Then you just play a bunch of like bad cards, and then they if they have any removal to kill your guy, um, so now that they know what you're playing, then you you're just fucked. Yeah. Like, what does a fu- fucking fencing ace do? It does nothing. What the you know what I mean? Like, 
giving my invisible stalker flying just doesn't do anything. If they have any sort of removal to make me sack him or wrath, then, like, I'm just in the fucking dirt. But if you get a turn two geist, like, they're dead. Yeah. They have to have two sacrifice spells that they play on you. Wow. Right? Because, like, to get a turn two geist, you have to have, uh, you have to also have the, what's it called? The, the other guy. Oh, the, uh, the mana dork, right? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. You have to have Avacyn's a Pilgrim, yeah. Yeah. So you have to have a mana dork in order to be able to get the turn two geist. So they make you sack a guy, you just sack the dork and hit him for six minimum. Um, you know, normally what you're doing is untapping and hitting them for a minimum eight. But, you know, maybe you kept a bad hand and don't have any enchantments in there. And, like, it's really hard to come back from that. But, you know, if they do, your deck just doesn't do anything. You're dead. Hmm. So, um, I wasn't super fond of that. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have a, a Mana Deprived Super Series that I want to play in this weekend. But I don't have a deck. And I'm not confident that I'm going to be able to get one. And I don't know what I want to play. Like, I don't, like, right now there's... I'm being told there's, like, a bunch of different decks in the format. Yep. And there's no, like, best deck. And then in my meta, like, everyone's going to be playing Reanimator or prepared for it, or everyone's going to be playing Blitz to counter the Reanimator. So I don't want to play either of those decks, and I think, like, the next best thing I was I came across was, uh... What's it called? Jun? Jun Midrange, I think it was? Midrange? Yeah, Yeah, that's the one with, like, Thrive Tusks and Hunt-Masters. So, like, the Reduke version. And Olivia and stuff like that. Yeah, it's Reduke Jun. Yeah. Yeah, and that deck, that deck's good. Like, I have that deck built. I I play it. Like, I have I have that, and I have the, the Esper list built, right? But, like, Jund is a perfectly serviceable, powerful deck. Um, it's, like, your best chance against a well-rounded metagame. Yeah, and, and, like, that's what everyone says, basically. Like, they all said it also gets things, like, it has 50%, like, against everything. It has no terrible matchups. Kind of yeah. like regular Jund in Modern or whatever, and... Stuff like that. Yep. I like uh I like playing two abrupt decays, I think, over the one abrupt decay and one um victim of night, personally. But uh, like are you looking at the version with bonfires or like are you looking at like Reduke's version or are you looking at the one no. that beat I have, the I haven't actually looked at a list or anything yet. Uh, okay. Cause there was one that won a Star Seed event last weekend that had like no bonfires. Right. And it was all basically all in on Mizzy Mortis and such. Oh yeah, okay. And uh I mean he won, but I don't know if it's correct. Right. Um Prozac seems to think that he would much rather how did he put it? He put he wrote an article, he played Jund and I'm gonna tell you, hold on right now. It's like a free free it's on the free side of Star City games. Yeah. So he said the biggest thing that stands out is complete lack of bonfire of the damned. I don't like playing cards that I don't want in my hand. It's a difficult to sculpt a difficult card to sculpt a game plan with as well. Finally, there is a far more stable card that serves much of the same function. Mizzy Mortars was fantastic for me. A card that ranged from effective spot removal spell to complete board wipe. So So he favors the non bonfire version. Yeah, he does. And I, I actually don't like I like Bonfire for being able to like just miracle win, but I don't like I like absolutely in a in a deck like Jun do not like like having it in my hand and just you know, having it rot there, and... Yeah, it looks like he's got the two main deck main, uh, ground seals. Yeah, so he basically went the route of... He played uh, he played the creature package as normal, right? So, like, three Olivia's, four Tusk, four Huntmaster, two Arbor Elf. 
He went up to the full seven planeswalkers, though. Like, this is very, very similar to the list that won the event this weekend. So he went to three Garrick Primal Hunters and four Liliana the Veil in the main deck. Hmm. Which I think is much for me personally, but I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, tweets their own, I think. Uh, the spells, he's like four, two Ground Seals, one Murder, two Tragic Slip, one Dreadbore, four Farsi, two Rakdos Return, and three Mizium Mortars. So, I mean, if you wanted to cut back on two of the Planeswalkers, you've got access to, you know, a couple more spells if you wanted to put them in there. But he's got the fourth Olivia Voldaren in the sideboard, because I guess she's just that good. Um, two Acidic Slimes, one Grafter's Cage, one Staff of Nin, two Underworld Connections, one Abrupt Decay, one Murder, one Olivia, two Pillar, one Rakdos Return, one Sever, two Slaughter Games. No, this one, this one that one had four Slaughter Games. Yeah, that's a lot. Now, I would be afraid of playing that, playing against that. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, they, they get my Angel, they get my Thrag Tusks, and we're going to be having a tough time to win. Yeah. So he says that he'd also support Curse of Death's Hold on the sideboard to combat the Aristocrats in Jund. Uh, it also does, like, because it also is decent against Reanimator, because you can, like, turn off all the mana guys, but I guess that totally is dependent on, like, the, the list, because it's also, like, Lingering Souls is also a reasonable card to try to beat. Um, now, for Olivia's stuff goes a really good, you know, way to try to combat that itself, but... Yeah, against Jun, like, against anything, I think they're gonna, like, target my mana dorks. Mm-hmm. I'd probably just take out my, um, my, what do you call those guys? Somber Wall Sages. Yeah. I'd probably leave in, like, obviously you want to leave in the Addison Pilgrims, just because, like, you might, you might just roll them with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then if they die, it's not that big a deal, because you only have four Addison Pilgrims. Yeah. And what's his name? Deathrite also sometimes functions as a mana dork. And he doesn't die to curse. Curse, yeah. Yeah, you might just upgrade him anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the uh, card I'm really happy to see coming back right now is Pillar of Flame. It's been very, very interesting. Uh, very good for me as well on the sideboard. Um, the fact that it exiles the card and doesn't actually send it to the graveyard is pretty sweet for denying your opponent morbid. And it's... Uh, Pretty sweet little card. I've been very happy with it. You're running the sideboard of your Jund, Jund deck? list, yeah. yeah. What deck are you playing right now for standard? Are you playing Jund or are you just having I I deck? have no, I'm I'm playing both. I'm I've got the Jund deck, I've got the Esper Tokens list. Those are the two I'm sort of like playing around with right now, but I mean if it's like, you know, pick a deck of your life, it's probably Jund. Hmm. So I haven't played a lot of Jund with the uh with the reanimator deck. I don't really get to to play that that often. I don't know why. Like, I played Esper, I played Blue White Red quite a bit. Um, I played, I don't play a lot of aggro decks either. I played like an aristocrat style deck that was like tough but beatable. Must be a lot of your meta too, right? Like, that yeah. all totally plays. Yeah, there's a lot of Sphinx's Revelation and Drag Test decks like yeah. in my meta. Yeah. A lot of the, like, Bant decks? Yeah, like Bant, Esper, um, decks with Thunder Maws in them, you know, mm-hmm. where I usually sideboard out my, like, Lingering Souls or whatever. Makes um, sense. You know, just that kind of stuff. And then always the awkward, weird thing. Um, I did have to play, I didn't have to play, but I played for fun against the guy, some guy had that Rug Flash deck built. Yep. Oh, man, that deck is a beating for me. 
that deck is hard to hard to freaking play against. Yeah, especially if you don't know what to expect, right? Um, so, I mean, if you play against it more and more, it makes you know, it gets easier to handle because once you know all the tricks, then you can start to try to play around some of them. Yeah, but it's hard to play around. Like, here's the thing: is like my mana dwarfs give me edge, right, so that they can cast things. But then he mows my mana dwarfs down with that stupid uh, Staticaster. Staticaster. And then, Post-board. so, like, I'm trying to play Magic Fair, but he's got, like, a Huntmaster that's beating the crap out of me. Yeah. You know, it's just this weird, like, off-balance thing. And then, like, I don't have a lot of ways to interact with the combo, the Peddler and the mm-hmm. Staticaster. So, like, once he gets that online, like, there's almost nothing I can do. Yeah. I feel like, like, that deck and the Bug Aggro list are two, like, solid metagame decks right now. Like they're, Where they're did de- this bug aggro list come from? Uh, I first saw it on uh, uh, Jerry, Jerry, uh, Brad versus Todd video okay. series on Star City Games, and Todd was running it. And like the deck seemed sweet. Um, he wasn't doing very much with it, but it seemed sweet enough. Um, and then I guess it started taking up on Moto because it's like dirt cheap to build. It does run Dust Mantle Sears. Mm-hmm. And, which is actually pretty good if you are playing in a meta full of like reanimator and and stuff like that because like they're flipping over angels for seven. Mm-hmm. And I mean the deck is really fast. It gets out of the gate pretty well. It's able to draw a bunch of cards. Removal can be flexible, and you get a bit of counter magic and some sweet plays with things like Snapcaster Mage and uh, and some scavenge abilities. And a lot of the deck is haste, so like it comes out fairly quickly. Um, ben Clinton actually uh, went five zero. On uh, in the R and D challenge on Moto using that deck. What is the R and D challenge? So they had a, a Friday night where there were like five people from R and D on Moto, and they were basically like, uh, they set up a tournament so that you would play, you could sign up and play against people from R and D, and depending on like how well you did, you would get a certain prize amount or whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it was neat, like Sam Stodd was there and, and there Ryan Spain was there from Limited Resources and like a couple others, right? And uh and so they all picked their own decks and they ran their decks and uh the bug aggro list ended up going five oh. Oh cool. And so it's sweet. Like it plays like it plays Young Wolf and it plays Experiment One and uh uh Dreg Mangler and um things like that, right? So like it's a bit of an evolved theme, it's it's fairly aggressive. Um, like you've got like rapid hybridization as a nice quick little, you know, kill spell. Zemet guild mages in the deck as well to kind of, you know, draw off of the, the counters to keep the fuel going. Uh, scavenge is a thing with the manglers and like you've got dust mantles here at the top of the curve basically to, you know, get the four, four flying in there, refill your hand, all your shit costs almost nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a cute deck, but it's, it's definitely a metagame deck. I think that's built to try to exploit specific strategies. But I mean I feel like the rug flash deck is one of those until now that being said, like I think we mentioned this last week too, the rug flash deck is gonna be a serious thing. Um or some rug deck anyway. It's gonna be a serious thing once Dragon's Mates hits, right? Mm-hmm. Because like Ral's Eric is going to do a lot of work in that deck. Both as ramp as well as removal and, you know, things like that. So that's cool. Um it's going to be interesting to see what happens. They get uh, some pretty sweet removal, like Turn and Burn is really good. Be able to deal with, like, Thrag Tusks and all that nonsense. So, it'll be pretty sweet. 
Yeah, I'm looking for this bug aggro online. I don't really see I'll it. I'll find it. Hold on. Jesus Christmas. Must Jesus I do everything? Christmas. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Go find a list and shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, it will also won a WMCQ. There it is right there. Yep. Bang. 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 Uh, four Dreg Mangler, four Dust Mental Seer, four Experiment One, four Strangle Root Geist, three Young Wolf, two Zamek Guild Mage, one Wolfier Z- uh, uh, Avenger, one Evil Twin, four Dusk Mantle Seer, two Snapcaster Mage. Spells are two Abrupt Decay, three Rancor, two Rapid Hybridization, one Simic Charm, one Tragic Slip, three Spell Rupture. Memory's Journey is the hot tech to try to beat Reanimator. It's a blue one from Innistrad Instant. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from his or her graveyard into his or her library. Flashback is one green. That doesn't do mm. shit against me. What are you talking about? You I'm go Angel. You. you go Angel. I go Memories, Journey, your three targets. Shuffle them into your deck. So what? Great. You have an Angel. Great. I'll hit you with it. Rapid hybridization. Sweet. Then I'll reanimate it. No, you're dead already. Anyways, you're fucking dead already, didn't you know that? Yeah, evil twin your guy, kill it, kill you. Yeah, best case scenario, whatever. Yeah, yeah. deck doesn't have shit, bro. I'm just saying it's it's a pretty sweet it's a pretty sweet deck. Uh, if like I said, it five would it five would the R and D challenge. Um, it's not one to sleep on, and I mean, it. I think it looks like a whole person played against R and D, bro. It's Ben Clinton. They're not the greatest, man. It's Ben Clinton. Ben Clinton five would. Counter target spell unless the controller plays X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Yeah, it's basically Mana Leak. It's pretty funny in this deck. Hmm. So. Very it, interesting. Yeah, so it's it's sweet. Like, it's it's a neat little deck. Um, It's worth looking at anyway. It's got a lot of games, so if you're looking for something that's fairly inexpensive to put together, I was able to put, uh, like, I picked up Dust Mantle Series for, like, four bucks a piece. So, like, if you've already got the land base and a couple Snapcaster Mages, this deck is nothing to put together. So, anyways, I thought it was pretty sweet. Yeah, it looks interesting. I'd like to maybe play it. Problem with this is, like, playing Reanimator so much, like, you feel like you're going to win, you know? It's it's not even playing Magic anymore, right? Like, it's just flipping over free wins all day. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of thought that has to go into it. It's just that the deck is so resilient that, you know, you can take a beating and still win. Yeah. But, like, decks like this, I don't feel like you can take a beating and still win, you know? Mm. I don't know. It's definitely definitely wrath-resistant, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend you go back and check the the premium content and watch it if you want. It's, It's pretty neat. Like, you can see the interactions with the deck happening, even though it's not really doing too much against the opponent in that situation. But you get you get a feel for it. Um, Jay, I understand you made, like, a huge cube change. Uh, what do you mean? Didn't you shift, like, 70 cards out of your cube or something? Yeah, we talked about it, like, last weekend. I talked about it on the Joy of Cubing, the cubage. Uh, I'm, I think it was, like, 47 cards in and out. That's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It, it was, like, two weeks ago, though, so I don't remember what they were. Oh, okay. Like, I know, like, some of them were things like Zamek Guildmage came out. I really wanted him to be good, but he's just not good. 
Dude, he's in his bug aggro deck. He's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, so he's just, like, not good. And then um, I was trying the black denizen as well for the mono black aggro or the black red aggro decks because um, it's, like, a one-drop, one-one, and then it gives a guy intimidate, yeah. which is often, like, super relevant, especially in a format with, like, swords and stuff like that. Yeah. But, again, like, he's just shitty. <laughs> um. So, yeah, a lot of it was just stuff like that. Upgrades. I took out uh, like Daring Skyjack, which I think I might put back in. He's really good, <laughs> just as a guy. Like he's a three-one for two in the white deck, and oftentimes like you're gonna get the flying out of him. So nice. I took out like Elusive Crassus because it just wasn't doing enough. So um, you like you cut a lot of the like uh, the new Simic stuff. Yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the newer stuff just isn't good, right? Like it used like it was good or I wanted to try it, but it's not really good. Like so the cards that I cut, some of the cards that I cut were things like core sanctifiers, which uh people say should go back in, so I I mean I guess it kinda could. Um Death Cult Rogue, Keymaster Rogue, uh Illusionary Angel, which I really like, but a lot of people don't. So if people aren't gonna draft it then you just don't Yeah, you gotta cut play it. it. Yeah. Um uh, it's a it's a four four flyer, but you can only cast it if you've cast another spell this turn. Um, what did I take? Oh, Tandem Lookout, which is the Soul Bond Ophidian, uh, Crook Claw Transmuter, which is a four mana three one flyer with flash, and when it comes into play, you can switch target creature's power and toughness. Um, it's a really good card. Like it's just a really good, you know, end of your turn flash into three power flyer kill you. Yeah. Um, but again, people just aren't drafting it. Um, True Fire Paladin and the Sunhome Guild Mage, same thing. Although Red White's not like. Red-white isn't a deck in my cube, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because, like, I don't have enough only red-white cards or what. But people always either just go, like, white-green or Naya. They don't ever just go red-white. Oh, really? Yeah, it never. Never happens. So is that just because you don't have enough cards to support it? Or just because people feel like they want more? I have no idea. Huh. Have you asked? Your players? Uh, my players are actually just terrible dicks, so I don't like to ask them things. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. Because they're just like, they're just trolls. Like, all they do is power game, and like, they only want to, like, just basically tell you what's wrong with your cube. They're not, like, helpful. So it's difficult. Like, I've asked some players, but, I mean, it's hard to say, like, hey, why don't you draft Red White? Because their answer is just because it's shit. <laughs> so. How do I make it not shit? I don't know. Make it not shitty. They just say, play all the good red-white cards. What are you, a fucking idiot? I'm a magic player. This is how magic players are. So. Oh, okay. You know. So, yeah. So, like, I, don't, I mean, like, I just don't know what red-white cards are good that I'm missing. Like, I can't think of any that are just like, oh, my God. If you put this in, red-white's the best deck ever. Like, they, those cards don't exist. All right. Like, I, I mean, like, maybe since you're not a prick, you could name some of them. But... <laughs> And, like, I could tell you if they're in the cube or not, but, I mean, I don't know what they are. Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, the decks that want, like, the Sunhome Guild Mage and, like, they're just, it's, that's, like, slow. Like, I always have thought that deck, that, that card is garbage. And the only reason I think that it's good is because, like, in Gatecrash, you have Battalion to, to go with all your stuff. Um, and so, like, going, like, Turn one guy, turn two guy, turn three guy, attack with Battalion for 12, and then if you, um, like, you know, turn four, just attack and pump, it doesn't matter if you block or not, um, is a lot different than in cube, where you have, like, really powerful guys, and then, like, you never, like, I'm never leaving up three mana to get plus one plus oh. I would yeah. rather play, like, 
I'd rather just play like an anthem and then attack, right? Yeah. And I'm never leaving up four mana to get a one one. Like that's also shit. Yeah. So like I think just cards like like for just cards like that, he's just not good enough. Um and then like the true fire paladin, I guess like he could probably go back in if I if I make red white a little bit better. Because he is actually like I think he's pretty good, but he's actually know. true. Yeah. <laughs> and full of fire. That's terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, Why aren't you listening every time he tells the story, Scott? What are you talking about? He's already <laughs> talked about all these cube changes, like, infinite times. No, I don't think he talked about all the cards that he pulled out. No. No. What else did I pull out? I have a pile of cards in front of me. Uh, Righteous Blow, because nobody drafted it, and I think it's really good. I don't know why people aren't drafting that card. I think the white deck wants it, but nobody wants to draft it. Um, I just got, like, Knight of Obligation. That's just... I don't know. He's just not very good. I thought he was good, but he's not very good. I should go Reprisal, because nobody's using it. That's that's a card. Yeah, I really like that card, but just, like, nobody was really using it, and then, like, there's already things like Path and Sword. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just found, like, just nobody was ever drafting that card, ever. Um, and if they were, they were they were drafting it as if it was like a sideboard card, even though like it's cube. Every single creature is like a giant fat fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, brutal. Yeah, uh, and then I took out Guardian of the Gateless, um, just because at five mana, like there's better there's better cards. Like it was kind of good, um, and it's really good against aggro, but against anything other than aggro, it's not very good. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, I wrote an article this week. Ooh. Like, a unique article. One that I don't normally write. Sweet. I wrote an article on my Damia Commander deck. Oh. I had I had a lot of people asking about it. Um, I think we're losing Medina. But anyways, I, I had a lot of people asking about it. And uh, so I put the article in the chat. So if you want to, you can click on it and uh, and take a look at the list. And tell me what you think. I would be extremely interested in your opinion. Sure. Like right now? Yeah. Oh. Oh. That means I have to read and stop doing all of the other things that I was doing? Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So I was I had to make one cut, and I'd love your feedback on it. Because <clears throat> I realized, in hindsight, that I actually did not play uh, Urban Evolution. In this deck. Hmm. And I feel like this deck wants that card. Mm, yeah, probably. Because it does a lot of ramping. And it wants to draw cards. So I feel like those are all good things. Oh, man. I, like, I haven't played fucking... I haven't played um, EDH for so long that I just like have no idea what any of these cards do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man, Insidious Dream seems so terrible. I guess. Well, if Dami is the commander, it's pretty good, right? I guess so, yeah. And, like dump your hand, tutor seven, then draw it. Because you just do it in response to the trigger. But. Anyways, that's, I, I didn't even. It's not even in the list. Looking through the looking through the list, like it seems okay. It just seems like you have like a, a lot of draw engines, and then you're just like playing all the best bug creatures. Yeah, just trying to get to the point where I can resolve Omniscience, Doubling Season, Jace, and Tamiya. Yeah, like, you're just playing big fat dudes. Like, I would also put a mana 
vault in here, whatever it is. Crypt. Mana Crypt? Mana Vault. Mana Crypt is the the one that you flip your coin for. Yeah, Mana Vault get, is the it's one... It's Soul Ring, right? Yeah. 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 I should try to get my hands on one of those things. But yeah, so anyways, it's it's up there. It's on Legit MTG if you guys want to check it out. Get out. Um, I was... Uh, I had a lot of fun building the deck, and it's a shit ton of fun to play on. And uh, also, there's a random Firefly reference hidden in there. Sweet. Man, so. Scott loves his ramp, man. He is just a ramp-loving fool. In Commander, I am a ramp fiend. Yeah, I'm a ramp fiend. Yeah, you are a ramp fiend, man. I'm I'm very, like, uh, conservative with my ramp, you know? See, like I said in the article, though, this list, it doesn't ramp, like, it's not running... Um, the like Skyshard claim or like any of those you know more retarded ramp cards like all of the little utility guys are designed to help ramp and also just to kind of like muck up the field a little bit like that's sort of what this deck does it doesn't go hard for the ramp drop a bomb it's kind of like put a bunch of little guys out there that happen to ramp as well building my mana base and putting up a bit of protection like it's pretty well, good I mean you got Secure Shrive Elder yep Boiling Oracle. Yep. Azusa, which is just way out of line. Just way out of line. Out of line? What do you mean? Azusa's way out of line in this deck, man. In Why? this deck? There's no way. It lets you play three lands per turn. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But, like, how many? You're running 37 lands. My commander costs seven. Yeah, like, oh. I, I agree with John that you should probably be playing, like, more lands if you're going to play Azusa. Like, I play 55 lands in my Brigables deck. And I play Azusa and still miss land drops because of, like, all the other crap that I have going on. Well, that's like, I, too many. Like, I would play 44 or 45, but... No, no, I'm not saying play 55 in your deck. I'm just saying that Azusa in this deck, when you're running 37 lands, it's probably going to be minimal returns. Yeah, it's it's true. They're, they're pretty minimal returns, yeah. Uh, you got Yavamai Elder, Wood Elves, Oracle Modaya. Solemn Simulacrum. That's all the ramp. Oh no, we still have Chromatic Lantern, Cultivate, Deep Renaissance, or, or Resistance, or whatever. Deep, deep Reconnaissance. Yeah. Deep Reconnaissance. <laughs> Soul Ring. And Mana Reflection. Mana Reflection. This deck likes its mana. That's a lot of ramp, dude. That is a lot. Yeah, it is, it is. Which is fine, it's just that, like, it's... Yeah, it's so, just a lot. I'm not yeah. saying it's bad. I'm just saying it is a lot. I, I intentionally went with creature ramp so that I can like find it with green suns in it if I need to, but also like I said, like it it blocks. Like I'd be really upset if I were just playing like Kudama's Rage, Cultivate, Scratch Out Claim, like you know, all like explosive vegetation, like if it were just all those cards, then I would feel really just sick about it because at that point in time yeah you're ramping but you're like aggressively ramping at the expense of defending yourself yeah so, we're playing magic you're just you're ramping instead of actually casting things yeah yeah, yeah so. I, I, I could get down with most of the stuff but I think the Zusa is like just way out of line and I think the deep reconnaissance is some kind of pets what, like what's fascination. deep reconnaissance so deep reconnaissance is uh, is a three casting cost rampant growth but it has flashback. And the reason that I put it in there is um, to try to help with 
um, Dream Halls, which I put in there. Yeah. That's uh, fucking dirty shit. Yeah. So, like, Dream Hall, so I can just, like, discard it and then cast it again. But also, you know, the deck can draw a lot of cards. So being able to, like, discard it and then use it later if I need to is fine. Um, but primarily it was in there, like, it, it was really in there literally just to kind of because of the synergy with Dream Halls. If it, yeah, Dream but Halls, listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. He wants to cast a rampant growth at five mana. This thing is five mana to flashback. You want to you want to cast a rampant growth with five mana? Okay. So so what you're telling me is, is since I'm looking for a space for my urban evolution, I should cut deep reconnaissance. Oh, for it. that sounds like that card sounds a hundred percent better. All right. So so I'll make that cut then. That's done. Even in the Dream Hall scenario, you get to cast a blue spell or a green spell. I know, I know. (laughs) The other card that I want to fit in this deck and I can't find a place to cut for is Limdul. Yeah, you want me to to cut Azusa? Yeah, but what's the card? Limdul's Vault. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, that card's insane in this because not only can I, like, use it to just dig to something, right? Like, you can just dig to find whatever combo pieces you want when you're ready Mm -hmm. for it. Um, but it's also a blue and a black spell. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that better than Azusa. Alright. The reason I liked Azusa in the list, ideally, is because I do draw a lot of lands, and a lot, well, a lot of cards, and the idea is, like, with Damia, if she's on the table, like, you want your hand to be as empty as possible, and when you are drawing, like, five cards a turn with her, it sucks when you draw, like, four lands, and can only play one per turn. Well, then why don't you just, uh, you know, run a... Run a man. I'm missing it. You don't have it in this deck, though. What? It's uh, life from the loam. I was gonna say life from the loam would be sweet, or like crucible, even. Mm. I like life because you can discard it with Damia. Yeah. Well, you don't discard. Why? No, are you I don't saying, discard. Why are you saying you care about having lots of cards in your hand? No, no. I dr- I tend to draw a lot of cards anyway with the deck and so what i want to do is i want to be able to empty my hand every turn like if i'm drawing six with dami and i draw four lands like i just want to fucking die so having azusa on the board is just like sweet i draw four lands i ramp more and my hand is empty oh just run that card run that uh run that card that uh retraces and clones it's a blue-green uh, retrace where you discard land. Yeah, and you discard clone. a land to reach it to clone. Yeah, that's actually sick. It's called... A spitting uh, image. A spitting image, I know. That's actually a really good idea. If I, Okay, so if I'm looking at this list and I want to play, like, spitting image and life in the loam, what are the two cards that I cut? Isn't it spitting doing? image and crucible? Isn't that better? Like, discard four lands, make four clones play those lands? Yeah, but with life, you could just keep doing it. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. You can just keep cloning. The other thing is, if, if like, one of his, like, do you have utility lands or anything? Uh, yeah, I got, I got a few. Like, nothing too extravagant. I got, what, Phyrexian Tower, Moss Bridge, Moss Warp Bridge, Bazooka Bog, Maze, hmm. uh, Volrath Stronghold. I got the Flashlands, Winding yeah. Canyons, and Alchemist Refuge. Yeah, because then he can kind of tutor some of these lands by mailing himself. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm in. That's a good I mean, idea, to though. To be honest, I can get behind either. Yeah. Or, or life. Yeah. I will look. Yeah, I'm gonna consider those. Thanks, guys. I'll write that down. I do like spitting image in this deck, though, especially if you want synergy with dream halls. Yeah. And if you want to get, get lands out of your hand, then 
Seems like a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay, spinning image. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I've actually been working on a commander deck as well. Yeah? Which one? I'm working on the friggin' Kalia deck. Oh, yeah. I don't know if, like, I don't, like, I don't know if it's just a competitive player in me, but I feel like just having Kalia to put these big baddies in play is, like, a bad idea. Okay. Like, I feel like I want, like, uh, sneak attack. Yep. And I feel like I want, like, reanimation spells. Yep. So, like, I'm going to build, like, a reanimator deck for Kalia, but then, like, have all, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm for sure getting these creatures in play. Nice. Like, I don't want to just rely on Kalia. Like, I have, you know, um, Anime Dead, Li- uh, Liliana, so I can so I can discard it, you know, uh, Faithless Looting, that kind of stuff. And then I have the, I think I'm just going to put the two Eldrazi's you can play. Because if you have Sneak Attack, yeah. There's no reason why you can't just help draw the crap out of someone, you know? Yeah. Are you um are you playing so you're playing Liliana the Veil? Yeah. And the other one. And Liliana Vest? Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was gonna suggest you play her, because like not only can you use your tutor ability to put a huge fatty in your hand and then swing with Kalia, but like you can also go the reanimator route, so like she pulls double duty for you. Yeah, I was even thinking about like I want this deck to be fast. So I've been thinking about adding, like, Chrome Locks and, like, Simeon Spirit Guide and, like, even, like... That's, like, all out. Like, you're just, like, you're right all in on, like, the turn three Kalia swinging with Boots or Greaves, eh? Yeah, yeah. I want to be, like, just smashing the crap out of somebody. Okay. Like, I don't want to be messing around. I was even thinking about running, like, um, those Black Tutors that put the creature on top, but then also running um, the guy that you uh, cycled, Street Wraith. Oh, yeah. So that, like, I'm not waiting another turn. Like, I'm freaking tutoring this thing, street racing, taking the creature and swinging. You know what I mean? So I can put it in play. Like, just this turbo-fast, like, Kalia deck. Balls out, man. That's pretty dirty. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe someone will just, like, wreck me or something. and Maybe it'll just be too fast. Maybe they'll just, like, capsize my Kalia, like, before I can put the greaves on it, and then, like, I can't cast it because I use, like, a fast mana or something, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I want to make it really fast. It's pretty sweet. Like, Iona, Iona's the angel, right? Yes, she is, sir! So you can just be like, yep, like, entomb, untap Iona, like, on turn two. Yep. Which would be sweet. That would be, like, filthy sweet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm playing with the, with the numbers on this. I want to get this deck together. Sounds really neat, dude. Yeah, some people are probably, like, tearing their eyes out. The, the true EDH people are like, oh my gosh, what a douchebag. <laughs> That's not fun. Not for you, dude. <laughs> it's like the turn one uh, careful study, turn two reanimate Jinkataxes go. <laughs> That's a card that I was going to put in this list, and I just never did. And I feel like I'm a terrible human Jin, being. Yeah. I don't know, I'm over it. I'm over it. Do people, it's still allowed in Commander? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How could they took Gristlebrand away? That's not fair. Because they're fucking idiots. Why did they take Primetime away? Yup. Just fuck. Like, if any card needs to go, it's obviously Consecrated Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The fact that Consecrated Sphinx and not Primeval Titan, like, exists in this format, like, the fact that it's not 
they both didn't get banned? That's insane. Like, they either both have to be banned or unbanned. Yeah, exactly. They're so I'm, gross. I'm for Primeval Titan. I don't care about people playing that card. That's sweet. No, me neither. The only card I ever felt was obnoxious was, uh, was freaking Consecrated Sweet. Well, and the only reason they banned Primeval Titan is because, A, everybody just bitched about it because they're fucking tards. And B, uh, because they felt that it, it warped the format too much around it itself. Like, like it, it, it basically made it so that like, everybody just played a Primeval Titan or cloned a Primeval Titan yeah. or reanimated a Primeval Titan or stole a Primeval Titan. And then, which is fine. Like, newsflash, you dinks. You're playing EDH. You're playing ED fucking H. Where all of the most powerful cards are in the format, and everybody plays them. So no, we should just make EDH just popper. Like, it's bad enough that it's, you know, a hundred card, singleton, multiplayer format. But, like, it's just so ridiculous. It's so fucking ridiculous. Same with, like, Emrakul. The only reason... I, I'm sure that the only reason that they banned Emrakul is because they were sick of not playing Emrakul because other people were playing bribery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, it is kind of... The Primeval Titan thing was funny. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the girl at the high school who's a little bit slutty, you know. Everybody just gets their turn. You know, that's how that's how I felt about Primeval Titan. Just like you said, someone would play um then someone would clone him, and then someone would take him and swing with him, you know? It's just like... Yeah, and that's what, and then like somebody would clone it, then somebody would untap, and they would have so much mana that they would, uh, right of replication kicked, and then everybody was just like... <laughs> Wee, yeah. I used to hate playing my Primeval Titan because of that. It was just like, EDH was just... I guess it, I guess it did come down to that, right? EDH yeah. was just a waiting game to see who would play the Primeval Titan first, then all of us would just pile onto it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's basically what happened, right? Like, yeah. And then and, the, and that was annoying. Like, the most annoying part about playing your shit, Newsflash, is having your shit stolen. Yeah. And it was just, it was just ultra annoying with Primeval Titan because it put them ahead. But, like, it wasn't even close to ban-worthy, and it's not even as close to as many groans as you get about it than you do when people cast Consecrated Sphinx. which And, like, that's completely why I'm, like, just so fucking over EDH. I'm so over it. Every list is just the exact same. It's always just play the most powerful cards in those colors, and then everybody plays them, and then somebody who, like, is a brewer wants them to ban it because they're sick of it. Like, ban Delver. Oh, my God, I'm so sick of seeing Delver. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like and like I said, like this this Damia list that's that Scott's playing looks cool, but like reading the list, it's like, yep, you're playing blue, black, green ramp. Like I all of these cards are already in a thing. It's not and it's not that I that it's not interesting. It's just that like it's not interesting anymore for yeah. me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but like, my decks are my decks are a lot different than that. But I don't you know care about I mean? that. I don't care about your decks. I'm I care about the format. But like, everyone, I, everyone I don't has wanna, a chance I don't to make play, their decks that way. Yeah, but but I don't want to play like a fun shitty, um, shitty deck. That's like you know what I mean. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's just it just got boring because it was like, you know, who had the turn one soul ring? Oh, that guy wins, right? Like or it's like you sit down with a deck and everyone's just like, what are you playing? Oh my god, you're playing Flamberth. 
well, let's just kill you before you can play anything. And then also, EDH is the format where everybody plays the most powerful spells, but that also means that they're the most whiny people on the planet, because for some reason they think that in a format where all the spells are uber-powerful, that no one should ever play removal or counter spells. So if you counter the shit, all you do is hear everyone either whine about threat assessment, or why did you counter this and you didn't counter that guy's thing, <laughs> or why did you fucking, why are you ganging up on me, or I don't even have anything, I don't even have anything, why are you doing that? They're like, well, yeah fucking first spell I played in five turns, somebody just counters it. And it's like, yeah, somebody countered that because you played a fucking Primeval Titan. You played a turn two <laughs> Jink Taxes, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> We're gonna kill you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, but you can't help it. You can't help it sometimes. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't help it. It's just an arms race, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> exactly what it is. It's an arms race. It's like, who can get the biggest thing out on turn two? That person wins. Yeah, but you have. That's why you have to lay low, you know, and act like you're not doing anything. Yeah, but that's boring. That's so fucking boring. I'm just sitting at the table watching a bunch of people like try to be diplomatic and whine about how they're not doing anything until they until they convince someone that they aren't doing anything, and then they win because they're obviously doing things. Because if they weren't doing anything, then they wouldn't be playing fucking EDH. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? No, it doesn't make any sense to anyone. So, they tried to reprint slash fix um, Morphling. Mm. So, for two blue and four, you get a four or five shapeshifter at rare, and it is called Etherling with the funky AE. Uh, you get the Morphling abilities, which is one colorless gets plus one, minus one, or one colorless gets minus one, plus one. For one blue, it is unblockable. Mm. And one blue, exile Etherling, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Mm. Oh, John's gone again. I wanted to get his feedback on this. So what do you think of this card? I don't know, it's alright. Like, it costs six. I don't think it's super great for six. So, like, it's, can... I, it seems to me that it's worse than uh, Deadeye Navigator. So, it survives Wrath? Well, it survives Wrath if you hold it until turn seven. Or, or sure. greater, right? Sure, okay. Yeah, yeah so, um, it can block Obsidat. It can block Thrag Tusks. Well, it can block everything. Yeah. Um, you can make it unblockable and just pump all your mana into it and kill somebody with it quickly. Yeah. So, it's again a Samstad article. He's fucking, he's right up there. So, one particular issue that came to light during our testing involved the Control Mirror and Return to Ravnica. Due to the four mana Wrath being uncounterable, Detention Series ability, inability to hit other copies, Obsidat being legend rulable, and Angel Serenity recurring other copies, there are many games of control mirrors that just refuse to end. One player could Sphinx's Revelation for a large number, Rakdos return his or her opponent, but still not be able to end the game if the opponent top-decked a powerful spell. It's okay when your mirror matches aren't the prettiest thing, there's no real options for how to alter your deck to win the mirror, and that deck ends up being the best deck, the metagame can stagnate. So they needed something that could survive Supreme Verdict, wouldn't die to legend ruler or Azori's charm, and drawing something from a mirror breaker of years past, we decided to kick Morphling up a notch. It's pretty cool. Anyways. Mm. And the yeah. artwork's not terrible. Anyways, I thought it was pretty neat. And then uh, BDM's yeah. got one as well, which is uh, 
blue red four sorcery. Mm-hmm. Choose target creature or player, draw three cards and discard a card. Blast of Genius deals damage equal to the discarded card's converted mana cost to that creature or player. Hmm. So, it's not excellent, but I mean, no. like, you get to draw three cards and then Shoot them put in. something in your graveyard. And, yeah, like, it's, you know, it'll, it's playable in, it's obviously playable in Limited, it's not playable in Standard. Yeah. In. John, what do you think of the uh, Ether? Sorry, what do we call it? The um, Etherling. This is the guy who's supposed to be like the Morphling? Yeah. Uh, let me take another look. Survives Wrath, he can block everything, and then he can turn on the side and kill something. Basically dodges all removal. This is going to be like a terribly obnoxious mirror card, right? Let me see. How does it survive Wrath? From, from getting like it, phased out? Yeah, you just blink it. But that's at 7, right? That's also what I said. But I don't know, in a long, grindy control mirror, I think where everyone's just playing a million mana, it probably seems seems pretty good. Re- definitely reasonable control sideboard card, that's for sure. Like, against control, you think it's good? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm a control deck, and I want a card to beat the control mirror, this is a good card. To beat the control mirror? Yep. I think not. Okay, why not? Uh, because it's six mana. Yep. So it'll probably just get counterspelled. I mean, if you land it, then it's fine, but still, like, you have these things, you know, like... If you resolve this card, it is going to be extremely difficult for your opponent to get rid of it. Yeah. Possibly. Right? Because Assuming like, if you're playing it, you're obviously going to be playing it intelligently and not like a fucking turtle. Yeah, so you can't play it on turn six, right? Right. So you have to play it on turn seven, right? Yeah. And then if they wrath, you can phase it, right? Yep. But in response, they can do something else to it. Right, but if it's not if it's not attacking because it's not wrathing, the list of those things is very small. Yeah, I mean, and then we're and then we're talking about how much at some at what point are you going to have a, like the mana, right? So if you're playing this on seven, your opponent's at seven. Then they're going to pay four for the wrath, and then what? I mean, you could just Doomblade it, make them sacrifice it with that Devour Flesh card. Yeah. But I mean, like, in a control mirror, like, how many of those cards do you leave in against your control opponent? But, like, which control mirror? Like, what deck? Cause, like, Esper rather, on... No, like, Esper on Esper. Wouldn't you rather just Esper. have Obsidat? Like, wouldn't you rather just Well, yeah, have but Obsidat just gets Legend ruled, right? Like, it, like both players are playing Obsidat? Like, sure. So there's no, there's no, like, blue card besides this guy that you want. At this point, I wouldn't think so. This guy's really good. I would I rather just... have a Deadeye Navigator. You're an idiot. This guy doesn't do it. Like, he, he's the same problem as everything else. Like, the thing is, is there scarier creatures in non-blue colors? And control decks deal with those creatures just fine. Like, how do they do that? I think that you're going to find this card is going to make a little bit of uh, a lot more waves than you're giving it credit for. That's that's my progr- that's my prediction. Okay, fair. Fair. Okay. But you said control mirror, right? Yep. Okay. And I'm saying this is not a control mirror card. Yep. Okay. Let that be stated. I'm not saying that it won't see play. I'm just saying that I don't think it's good for control mirror. Okay. Uh 
Unflinching Courage, Green, White, 1, Enchantment Aura, Uncommon. Enchanted Creature gets 2-2, two, two, Trample, and Lifelink. Armadillo Cloak got reprinted. Did it really? Yeah. Hmm. I guess I can put one of these in my Ural deck. Woo woo! That's pretty good. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm I'm interested. Yeah, the like like yeah. Anyways, the fact that it's it's like unblockable is I think what makes it pretty good. What's you can blank it. You can make the Etherling unblockable. Oh. Yeah. So you just like pump them up a billion and then. Unblockable? That's what I mean. Like it just seems like this doesn't solve the I just I just can't possibly believe that you are gonna keep a million of those removal spells in a in a control mirror. Like it's not but I mean like there's fucking no way. For seven fucking mana he protects himself. Like you play him and then like I don't have a bounce spell or a charm or a counter spell or a removal spell or you're not dead. So I'm not gonna kill you on the backswing, or 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 like it just seems like it's like cards like this that cost this much mana need to impact the board when they come out. I don't think not you... not be unblockable like that. Just no no. See, I, I'm no okay. I'm 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 calling it now. This is going to be a very potent control me like control mirror card moving forward. That I'm calling it now. That's how it is. Weep. I wonder okay. how it's gonna. That's be the line in the sand. Yeah, is that's... it undissipatable as well? No. <laughs> Nope, it's not. Oh, man. But I'm pretty excited. It's sick. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Moving on. There's another card. There is? Creature Gorgon. Oh, where? The old Creature Gorgon. It's, uh, it's an uncommon. Where? It's, it's in MTG Salvation. Oh. Remove a 1-1 counter from a creature you control. Target creature gets negative 1, negative 1 until the end of turn. It is Death Touch. It's a 2-5 for 5. Nah. Eh, that's Where? not too impressive. Where is it? It's on MTG Salvation. You are right. No, no, what's it called? What's what it called? What's the card called? Holy shit, John. Use your brain. Corazado. I don't know. I don't know if that's a Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Dude, look look at daily MTG previews four nineteen, Etherling, Blast of Genius, etc. It's in it's in the etc. part of that. You didn't like this Blast of Genius card? No, we both thought it was fine. Oh, okay. It's not like it's not like standard constructed play. Oh, like it's a sorcery. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, this card's not great. I thought it was an instant. <laughs> It's a blast of genius. Come on. Okay, I, st- I still don't see this card. Oh, dude. Link I'm, me. Link me. This is I'm dumb. I'm on the spoiler, and it's not coming up for me. Ugh. Salvation's fucking... Oh, it's fucking terrible. They just haven't updated it yet. That's no, a problem. It's like, right here. Holy shit. Why the fuck are you in the forums for this nonsense? Uh, because I see cards that you don't, dumbass. Apparently. Oh, blammo! <laughs> 2-5, Death Touch, remove a counter, target creature gets... Well, eh. Wait. I mean, that'll, that'll be obnoxious and limited, I think, but... Maybe. What color Listen, is guys, it? I'm it's... pretty sure this is going to be a control mirror 
Breaker. Yeah, Dick. So I think that it's I think that it's uh it's it's black green three. Oh, it black- wasn't they, that joke wasn't funny, but what what Scott said was funny. Yeah. So it's it's a two five death touch, which is pretty good. Like five in the butt is reasonable because it's not going to die. Like it beats the four threshold that we were talking about earlier. Um, it is going to be. I mean, if you're going to play this alongside Simic cards, obviously that's insane, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so if you're looking for a bug deck, this could be pretty good. It's kind of like reusable removal for the little guys. Like it makes combat math awkward. Yeah, you. The only thing that I, the only thing I do like about it is that it only gives the creatures minus one minus one till end of turn. It's not like it takes counters off plus one plus one counters and turns them into minus one minus one counters. Yeah, because then it would actually be good. I think it'd be really good, right? So, I, I like that it's it's balanced a little bit. I mean, it is an uncommon after all. Hmm. Yeah. So, neat. The artwork's kind of shitty, but. <laughs> you know, you can't have everything. That's right. The artwork of Unflinching Courage is uh, pretty shitty. Uh, are there squirrels on it? I don't know. It looks like there's squirrels on it. Oh, no. It's not a squirrel. That's like a... Yeah, you're right. It is shitty. Oh, I see why. Scott is saying this is going to be a mirror breaker because it says in Sam Stodd's article. I'm telling you. I believe Sam Stodd. I have faith in him. You're not even kind of with your own ideas. You're just copying Sam's thoughts. And yet I'm still wrong and an idiot. But he yes. works at Wizards and you don't. So shut up. Yes. Boom. Boom. We'll see. We'll see because Wizards designs certain cards to do something and then it doesn't do it. I agree with Sam's thoughts logic. Glaring Spotlight. Oh man, remember when everyone was buying that card up? Remember when everyone was worried about Hexproof being like the best it's thing ever? It's gonna be the guys to say Trap Mirror Breaker. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... Remember how everyone just was like, well, that card got printed. I guess I'll just stop playing Guys to Say Trap now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I remember that. Wait, no. Nope. But... I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the art's pretty badass, though. It looks like Chuck Norris with like lightning coming out of his hands. All right, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I guess we will see you all next week. Kapow! Kapow! Good luck at your MCQs this week if you're in Toronto. Um, I Hopefully I saw some of you there on Saturday, and we played some EDH. And if I didn't, then... Suck it. Suck it! Anyways, have a good night, everybody. We will Blah. see you later.